Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hello, everybody, again. Welcome to the Man Up podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Titch, filling in for our host, Bill Cox, who is away. Um, We are up to our 38th podcast and the first of the new year, so Happy New Year to all. Uh, The fact that Bill isn't here hasn't stopped us from getting a, a full house otherwise. Um, I'm going to go around uh, our panel. Um, We've got here Mike Cropper, uh, the prosecutor. We've got back with us after a while Earl Loy, the evangelist. Glad to see him here. Uh, Robert Cushot, our Fortune 500 trainer, and our deacon Kyle Trahan. Who's uh, polishing his phone, but you can't see that. <laughs> That's why we do a podcast. Because <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we definitely have faces for radio. There is that. Um, it's hard. <laughs> so, uh, our, we are continuing our study of the Acts uh, of, of the Apostles. Uh, we are up to one of the more exciting sections. Uh, we are in chapter 15, uh, the well-known and historical uh, ecumenical conf- conference uh, the early church puts together in Jerusalem. And the debate uh, was over um, principally whether um, circumcision was required for new converts, for Gentiles uh, who yeah. were embracing uh, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to turn it over to um, Mike Cropper, who, as, as you know, I, and as Bill has said, we are an extension of uh, our Sunday school. Uh, Mike uh, Cropper led this ABF lesson uh, the previous Sunday. So I'm going to start with Mike, and then uh, he'll get us started, and then we'll go around uh, the room, and, and, and we'll all be uh, chiming in. All right. Uh, hi, folks, everyone. Good to see you. Uh, not good to see you. That's good. <laughs> good to talk with you. We are so happy to be here. We are talking about Acts 15. Steve mentioned that. And, uh, folks, what we're going to do, we're going to be talking about rules. And then we're going to, and Steve's going to bring out some points, too, later on. The, uh, the name of the study that we are in is Liberty versus Legalism. And this, again, is from the book Connect 360. And this is our chapter 9, or lesson 9, that we have. What we're going to do, we're going to look at a couple points, and then we're going to read the scriptures to you. One of us will read the scriptures, and you can join us. And and once again, we're in Acts 15, verses 1 through 29, if you want to open your Bible and join us. So uh, the points that the author wants us to to look at in this, um, Robert, do you mind reading those? I do not. The first page, and then we'll go into the Do not. Um, We're reading, once again, as Mike said, we're at Acts 15, 1 through 29. Some men came from Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate within them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. Therefore, being sent on their way by the church, They were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. When they arrived at where 
at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees, who had believed, stood up saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. Errol, you want to read the whole next yeah, paragraph? I, I can we, go all the way through. Well, you're going to do it? Yep. Oh, go ahead. Then take it all the way through. Starting again at verse 6. The apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us, and he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. All the people kept silent and were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they had stopped speaking, James answered, saying, Brethren, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first concerned himself about taking among the Gent from among the Gentiles a people for his name with the, with the words of the prophet. Agreed, just as it is written, After these things I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen, and I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols, and from fornication, and from what is strangled from blood. For Moses, from ancient generations, has in every city those who preach him, since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders, with the whole church, to choose men from among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, Judas called Bersabbas, and Silas, leading the men among the brethren. And they sent this letter by them. The apostles and the brethren, who are the elders to the brethren in Antioch and Syria, in Sicilia, who are from the Gentiles, greetings. Since we have heard from some of our number, to whom we have no instruction, have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls. It seemed good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication. If you keep yourself free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. Let's do this, guys. Usually we uh, give just a first opinion about the lesson as we viewed it, and then let's go around and do that, and then let's come back, and then we'll discuss it that way. And I'm going to start off first with that. I think this is a phenomenal lesson. Most of you know that I'm an attorney, and, and so of all things, I happen to pick this lesson not knowing that it was about legalism, and, and I deal with this every day, uh, the points of the law and the fine points of the law. And folks, as you know, we have to have rules in our lives. We have to have rules in our family, in our churches, everywhere we go. We live in rules, or the, or the world, Robert said this earlier, would be chaos. Now, 
at what point do rules become legalistic? Which point, at what point are they no longer rules, but they become something that's almost a religion to us? So I thought that was just a phenomenal lesson because it would give us all the opportunity to talk about that. Next, Rob, uh, Lord, state your name. Full name and Give us a first impression, would you, about the lesson, uh, uh, the scriptures, whatever. You my know. name is Earl. Um, this, Mike, like Mike may mention, this is just this is a classic for me. I, I always get kind of hyped up in regards to Paul. I want to make note. This is the third time now. The third time. This is the third time the Jews come out with something to keep. The spreading of the gospel. The first time was in chapter 5 when a Pharisee by the name of Gamaliel, he stepped up and he told the Jews to leave Peter and James, leave the apostles alone. And if this was of God, if, it, if this was of, of human origin, it will, it, it'll go away. It'll, it'll, it'll fail. But if it's of God, you, you don't want to be fighting against God. So that's the first time that they tried to, you know, when they was going to kill the apostles for spreading the word. Second time when they killed Stephen. When they martyred Stephen and the gospel spread. Now, this third time, they come out with the fact that you got to, they come out with these rules about following the, the Torah and um, the things of that nature. Bottom line, God's will must be done. It's in our daily prayers. And this is just another example of the gospel hurling another element of it's being spreaded among, amongst the people. Robert. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. First podcast, 2018. Um, I look at it from, and, and I love what Earl said, and I love your part. I look at it from another perspective because I do, I do training. And sure. one of the things I do is facilitate meetings where there's conflict. And I am enthralled reading how the apostles have dealt. And we've kind of alluded to it as we've gone through this study that there's going to come a point in time when this Jews and Gentiles is going to come to a head and we're going to have a big meeting at it. We're there. This is it. And so I really like it from a leadership perspective, looking at how did we deal. This This was the seminal conflict of the early church. This was the first, quote-unquote, big, big decision they have to make after those first couple of early months where, you know, we're kind of putting it all together. And we've kind of grown, so now we've got real conflict. How do we deal with real conflict? And so how they did that, I think, is a real good lesson for us to look at as well. Good. Kyle? Um, you know, I see it from a kind of a whole different perspective. I mean, I didn't, you know, grow up really studying or reading the Bible or anything like that. And so, you know, sometimes I get into this and it's really lengthy and wordy. And, you know, I lose my focus to some of it. And, you know, I've read it a couple of times now. And, you know, I kind of look at it as from the Gentiles' perspective. You know, man, here's this guy, Earl. He's come down. He's sitting down. We broke bread. He's told me all about this cool dude, Jesus. I'm digging it. But wait, let's go back here. Let me sharpen up my knife. <laughs> and not only you, get everybody in your family. We're talking about 70 guys. You better convince. There's some stupid ritual we got to perform before you can really... Be with Jesus. They've turned the church into Amway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but imagine, all right, so you've got some of these disciples, you know, some were, were raised with all of these laws. 
you know, uh, Paul's out there. I mean, wasn't he trained pretty well within the law and everything? He knows what this is. Sure. Can you imagine the first time you really sat down? And so he sits down with a guy and he goes through all this stuff. And then he thinks to himself, do I bring up circumcision now? Or do I let all this sink in for a bit? You know, so I, I kind of see it from both aspects of that and break it down to the man part. We're talking about circumcision. This is no small joke. You know, most, most people these days, if it happens, they're a baby. Yeah. We're talking, yeah. you're talking to grown men and tell them what <laughs> well, you I, are I, wanting to do. I, I will give you the nearest comparison to, okay. to a man's age is when you decide you are done with children and it is time to go get snipped. Mm-hmm. And and I, at one point, my wife and I made the decision, the doctor comes in, and I'm sitting there in the gown, and he goes, anytime a man is sitting there like that with that sheepish look on his face, <laughs> I know what's fixing to happen. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, but that is the nearest comparison we all can think of to have, because none of us, t- if we've had that done, have that done lightly. <laughs> you know, it is a long thought process as we right. think it through. But... You know, but it's and that's a really good point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve. Well, this this for me is is really among to personally the most. Imp- I find I find I find it speaks to me. I'm going to say the most important script, but it speaks to me because um, I I tend to be very much um, very libertarian, um, and these this section. Um, Really, the church and and accepts Paul's argument, and I'll and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but that that Jesus Christ liberates us. The that and and um, as part of this lesson, if your readers out there, are, I urge you uh, not only to read this section uh, of Acts chapter fifteen, uh, verses one through twenty nine, but there's there's considerable background. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, uh, chapter two to chapter to the beginning of chapter four, uh, where he addresses this very issue, uh, it's it's you could call it a little background. Um, and he is writing to the Galatians, and the church in Galatia was likely founded on the first missionary trip. It's in Turkey, Antioch to to, to give some gr. Antioch's in Syria, and by now Antioch had become probably it it may have even begun to eclipse Jerusalem as a center of Christianity, of, of the religion growing. It certainly was sending out Paul and the missionaries. Don't, don't want to get into too much of a debate about that, but you have two centers uh, that come into play here, Antioch and Jerusalem. Um, in Galatians, and I'm not going to go through the whole letter, but, but Peter comes from Jerusalem to, uh, um, to Antioch, where Paul is, and... Peter goes, and at first he dines with the Gentiles, and he has, you know, they, they, I'm sure they eat seafood. Uh, but then some more of the Pharisaic group comes up from Jerusalem, and Paul goes to them, and it's kind of sitting there and saying, yeah, circumcision, all that. And Paul really confronts him on this. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll point to the text. I won't, I won't read the text, but it's a really pointed uh uh, call out, and we don't know if this was in front of people or if this was private, uh, but it would set up this ultimate council meeting they'd have in Jerusalem. Um, now we don't read what Paul said actually, how what he what he said to the councils, but we may get some clues in um, in Galatians because he kind of spells out his his thinking on this, and 
to me, it's it comes in uh, um, chapter chapter three of Galatians, verses uh, fifteen. It's verses fifteen through eighteen, where 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 he says something that would resonate very strongly with Jews more so than Gentiles. He brings up uh, Abraham, and 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 in Genesis. The covenant of circumcision is established between God and Abraham. But Paul points out that before that law of circumcision was established, Abraham accepted God, the, 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 the monotheistic God, God, God I am who am, Yahweh, as the God. He accepted the promise that Abraham's seed would become this, this great nation. Um, the law, Paul said, did not come before faith. Faith came before the law. And that is his entire argument here and the argument that carries the council in, in, um, in Jerusalem. And, and it, it brings us to the, uh, to the whole gospel. Um, and it, it really logically follows from, from, the, from the scriptures we read that the, the gospels fulfill the law. Uh, the law existed to, as a hedge. But now a law is being written on men's hearts. And, and that's, that's sometimes hard for Christians to accept. Um, it's, you know, we want to go back to... Deuteronomy and point to scripture and say this, this. But really what we have here is a liberation. Um, and, and, and so there, I, I, I've kind of talked about it, and that's bringing it back to what I'm saying. We, we have, um, we are liberated to follow the Spirit and prayerfully uh, and humbly walk with the Spirit. Not in Paul says, not to do what you want. He says, does that mean if there's no law, I do what I want? In Galatians, he says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't think that. But he says, do not get caught up in some of the legalism we're talking about. Do not get caught up in discussions of literal chapter and verse, what this word means, and does it mean it's a sin to do such and such on a Monday and not on a Tuesday? Um, he would say, what is the most just thing to do? What does the Holy Spirit tell you about justice and mercy? And that's what the law is. <laughs> Keep going, Sue. Oh, I, 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 I Well, and, and, no, and, and, and quick though, but but it it is it's the law, but it's really it's a great way of dealing with of showing how people deal with conflict from a biblical perspective. I, I let me ask, how many of you guys were here and remember us being called Williams Trace Baptist Church? Am I the only? <laughs> wow. Okay. Absolutely. So. More of us than I thought. I think all of us were. Wow. Okay. And and that could have, that could have split this church in half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Explain. We're well, we, 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 we were we're we're at Sugarland Baptist Church outside of Sugarland, yeah. Texas, which yeah. is outside of Houston, Texas. Yes. Um, we originally were on the corner of Williams Trace, 59. and not Fifty Nine. We were at Williams Trace and First Austin Parkway. Oh, okay. And we moved to this location. We're right at First Colony Boulevard and Highway 59 now, more or less. And we moved because we were landlocked and we needed more building space. Well, we moved, 
But we kept the name, Williams Trace Baptist Church, from our old location. Mm -hmm. And after a while, we moved and we determined, well, this isn't good because people were actually driving down Williams Trace looking for us and we weren't fine. So we decided we needed to change the name of the church. And we handled it much like this. We let everybody talk about it. We really prayed about it. And then we made a decision and we moved on. And that's really what happens here. Everybody kind of presents their sides. They actually go look at the scripture, in this case, the Old Testament segment that I read that was embedded, and then they prayed. Then they made a decision that was pretty com- pretty much compromising for it, and then they moved on. And they didn't keep, you know, oh my God, you people in Antioch, you're always bringing this stuff up. You know, the Judaizers didn't keep going back, you know, the same thing. But let's talk about before it got to them talking yeah. about it. Yeah, they thought right. they thought it was just going to be simple to just <laughs> just send two representatives down there, tell them that yes. they can't be saved. <laughs> and uh, Paul talked them down. Yeah, no, he did. Paul was so well, heavy. It was yeah. so heavy that you know we, we we can't deal with you. Let's go back up to the big house and talk to the big people. And can you imagine being in that room with the Jewish council and then Peter, Paul, and James? That had to be some deep conversation. I mean, it had to be some... some mu- when, when I read this lesson, it made me think of... I know most of you all in here had to see... Um, uh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. George yeah, Bailey. Yeah, yeah. And when he was... Right before he was going to go off to Europe, this was after his old man died, and uh, old, man, old man Potter was in there. He was going to get his hands on the rest of the city, and he just he just goes off, and he, and he leaves. And, and the guy comes back, George, 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 George. That was... That, I mean, but he, he dumped out what he said, and I thought that the disciples in there just dumped out what was put on their heart in reference to what the Holy yeah. Spirit had led well, them to and, say. And I can see Paul in his intellectual way really confronting Peter over, okay, so when you were in Antioch, you hung out with the Gentiles, you ate everything, and then when everybody else showed up, you kind of pulled away. So what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> kind of conversations going on, but doing it in the right way. You know, lording it over. And in a lot of ways, we see Peter maturing here. Because, you know, Peter's always my favorite disciple because (laughs) Peter's the guy that's going to run out. He's the man-man who is going to run out, take care of it, and do something about it right away. And you actually see Peter mature here. Yep. Because you can see, if you you think about Peter from the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter would have laid into Paul. Oh, no, 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 got me to do it. Just in his way. And now he's matured. And I think there's something there. Well, has our faith matures? It, 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 it's the Holy Spirit, though, that, yeah, that calms absolutely. down. Now, let's talk about this Holy Spirit now. As Paul is going to these islands and talking, and proclaiming this word, that thing started getting a head full of steam, man. I mean, people was people was getting on the wagon. This Holy Spirit, it was moving. It was moving so much to, to the fact that word had got back up to Jerusalem. It was everybody. I mean, it was you know the Gentiles, and also this should be a story. A hallelujah story for the Gentiles. You know, this oh, was yeah. this was this was I getting in. This was I getting into the club right here. Mm-hmm. This was us being had a chance to be being saved. So this was this should be a big big lesson for all of us Gentiles. But that thing was getting a head full of steam. Whereas word got back up to the big house. Hey, we better we better try to get a control on this because mm-hmm. this is getting out of hand. I mean, people across the land they start talking about this 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 good news that mm-hmm. that, that 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 Jesus Christ is the Lord our Savior. Yeah, no, and that that's a really good point. So, you know, moving forward with but, it, I think, really goes go. But, but yeah, but what yeah. we do see also is is how often in the workplace 
do we have a manager or a CEO who can't make up his mind? Oh, that never um, happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. And, and, and now, I don't think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm characterizing it, but yes. Yeah. Give us but, examples. But, but I'll give you all. I, I'm, give us examples. Um, well, let's know. I, I don't know. I'll give you both. Uh, we I have an example many, here. So. We have an example here. We have, now we'd studied already. Now, Peter was, Peter was a devout Jew, um, but he was proselytizing to Gentiles. And he wasn't sure about the food, and he prayed, and he got a vision that, well, everything, you know, there's nothing bad the Lord has made. Anything can be food. Uh, and we talked, we talked, I think last week, it was probably the week before the, the um, holiday. The holiday. Yeah. Uh, so this is, and so he, he gets on board with that. Uh, obviously, some parts of dietary law don't apply. Um, but then he waffles at this visit to Antioch. He's on one side and the other, and... Paul says, man, you got to make a decision. And, and, and it, what we see here is, I guess, it, again, for us who want to be leaders, is that you can't, you can't waffle forever. Well, you and, can't and people are going to look for you to you. And right. Peter was well, a the Jerusalem leader. Right. He had to make a decision. And, and there's another part of this. He was speaking one thing because mm-hmm. he was saying, no, 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 don't have to be a Judaizer. Don't have to mm-hmm. do all that. But then he was doing something else. And this is one of those things where when people see someone saying one thing and doing something else, they tend to believe the nonverbal cues by like 70% than they do the verbal stuff because anytime there's discongruity between the messages, the nonverbal clues are what get believed by people as they're moving through. And so that's really where this comes in, and then you have, the what you're talking about, Steve, is you've got to come across and make a decision. I mean, you do. And, and to what you're saying, and what Kyle was saying earlier, being in the mind of a Gentile, <laughs> you, know, you know, here's a positive way, you know, they, you've probably heard, everybody's heard, dress, you know, when, you, when you're in a workplace, dress, for the, dress like the guy whose job you want. Dress for the job you want. Dress for the job you want. So, so you're a Gentile and you're, you're, you're not circumcised. And yeah, sure, Peter the leader is saying, no, you don't, have to be, you don't have to wear a tie to work. But I show up with a tie every day and the people I hang around with wear ties, ties every day. And so what should I do? What should I, where, where's, the, where's my pressure? Where's the pressure on me right now? Or yeah. what message is being conveyed to me? Uh, another thing about <laughs> Paul... Peter more or less made an attempt to speak from Revelation mm-hmm. yep. in reference yes. to his dream. James, he, in, in, in verse 15 through 19, well, 16, is that 15, 15 through 19, mm-hmm. he more or less brought scripture into the mix. Mm-hmm. But Paul was speaking from experience. <laughs> yes. Paul, yes. Let, me, let me tell you, in chapter 14, Paul got stoned. They left him for dead. When I was a kid and I got a whooping, did you think I wanted to go back and do what I did to get a whooping for? After Paul got stoned, they they gathered around him. He got up and he went back into the city now and proclaimed God's word. But, but, but this was, girl, you, this was you, talking from experience. You nailed it, though. You nailed a key to church decision making. Uh-huh. Three pillars. Yep. Prayer, prayer, or in mm-hmm. divine insight. You call it revelation. revelation. Mm-hmm. You could call it. You can call it mm-hmm. spiritual interaction, mm-hmm. scripture, mm-hmm. and experience, and, and, tes- and which is your testimony. Testimony. Right. So mm-hmm. you know. You know. I mean, it's, and and those three all have roles in a decision. You you can't totally go by prayer. You can't totally go by scripture. You certainly can't totally go by experience. But you have to. 
way all all three have a role, and we've seen we've seen, we've seen good churches perform like that. I'm sure you can speak to that as a deacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they, He's if, most of the time. If if they don't, then they then they suffer massively mm-hmm. because they don't because they get caught up on one or the other, and they don't have that balance. And balance is so essential. And after the, after they hit them, them with the revelation <laughs> experience in the scripture, what does it say in twenty two? Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders, yep. with the with with the whole church, to choose men from among them to send down to Antioch to give them the good news that Gentiles can be saved. That's that's that's. I'm telling you, man, when God's will must be done. So it ain't no. This, after reading Acts, this, this I mean, God got a plan here. God also tell Paul uh, is a uh, in chapter one of um, Galatians. Paul say that he, when he was called by God, he got a revelation from God Himself. This was a revelation. He, he, he yeah. talking Jesus. What we're talking up Jesus is, is so interesting because if you just first look at this, you would think that an argument here or decision making where factions in the church mm-hmm. face each other, right? Yes, and they present their sides in a manner that sounds like they're fighting can really be healthy and can be anointed by the Holy Spirit in the end. Right? right. Which is exactly it's what well, you said true. when you said, look at what occurred after it happened right. and after they made the decisions and after someone stood up and gave the direction that they sensed that God was leading everybody. But everybody was given the chance to argue or present they their points. side in a way that was uh, that they thought was the most important. This lesson just fires me up, man. This the, the progress of, of God's word getting distributed, you know, from it started like you said, the, the, the headquarters, Jerusalem and Antioch. And it just I mean, you know, you, you almost can't wait till you get to, to Paul's next missionary journey. After after, you know, what happened on his first journey, just you know, what 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 is what's left to be continued as far as what's his next journey is is, is consist of. But this is you, this is epic. I mean, you you can't make this up. You can't make this up. So this is uh, I, I mean, I get I get I get almost goose pimples when I when I. It's like it's, this is almost better than finna watch a, a football game. Man. There's a lot of hitting going on. This, this this is this is prime time stuff here, right here. This is acts. This is action. This is action. This is where this is where it all began. This is this is where it all take. This is where the sea was 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 uh, put in the ground and then starting to water, starting to water the foundation, so to yeah. speak, for yeah. for Gentile for, for, for Gentile Christians. Yeah. And if anybody didn't know, that was the evangelist Earl. Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> he does get passionate, which it's is real. just amazing. It's real. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's what this is all about. Is you know the excitement and the energy that these guys had. I mean, it, it had to be irrefutable. To see these guys and the uh, everything that they brought to the table at that moment, yeah, you know, and especially Paul, they, you they know, got you're, you're persecuting, and then all of a sudden you <laughs> drop to your knees and you talk to a man that you've been telling everybody is dead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there he is right in front of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yes. Look how excited you guys get, you two get yes. when, when y'all talk about Peter. Peter loved Jesus. I mean, he, he, he loved God. If you remember when uh, Jesus was on the shore and they was in a boat, and it, you know, that was Peter who stood up. That's Jesus. He got the, that's Jesus. That's, that's Jesus. He, he was excited, man. But that's how you two get when you when, when y'all say Peter, man, this boy's eyes just like, like Christmas tree. I mean, Peter, but I'm a Paul guy. Paul, man. Paul, boy, Paul, to get beaten and still do, and still go, and, and still do, still go mm -hmm. preach the gospel, still on, on 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 a mission. So that that road to Damascus, that what God, you know, wrestled with him with that, that, that that's, that's 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 real business. That's just like I I have a thirty for thirty. I, I don't know if you are here, but. 30 for 30 is you know, on ESPN. ESPN. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I have that in my class. Everybody yeah. got a 30 for 30. Everybody has a road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. Something happened in everybody's life where they can they got an experience <laughs> where they're seeing God, man. Yeah. With the, a documentary of your life, you know it better than anybody. And you get to see God. I, I, I love 30 for 30s because I get to I get to hear God's action and, and, and stories. It, it talks about Acts in third chapter where uh, God is the author of every story. Every story. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. Yo, 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 your story is a classic. Yo, you got I know you got a testimony. You got a testimony. Oh, oh, I, we all got we all got a 30 for 30 moment. You just it's like a hallelujah moment. Like, oh, I know I know this was nobody but God. And that's Paul going down the road to Damascus. Paul getting beaten and, and still coming back and preaching more. That's 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 the Holy Spirit, man. That 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 preaching amongst those islands and them people getting getting hurrahed. Well, this is God, we, we got a chance to be saved. And you know, what do you, what do you, how do you write to a guy who's, who like, he just, you know, gets beaten up and keeps coming back and keeps, keeps saying the same back, thing? Man. I mean, what, do you, what kind keep of, you know, with that the guy zeal. Keep coming back, oh, yeah. you, you don't you know, stop yeah. the zeal. <laughs> you know, you, you get beaten down, you get left for dead, you, you come back slinking in, and you just want to kind of hide in the corner. No. Because they come back right, in with right, probably right, more determination. Well, because than they he's, took he's him actually out. met Jesus. What you? I mean, met you can you can met you can punch me in the face as many times as you met want him. to. I met. I met him. It don't even matter. Not with that. It don't matter. But, but you know, but you notice the Paul the Right, right. Paul, he just didn't meet him. He just didn't meet him. Peter. Met Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paul Paul basically is yeah. riding on a horse and learning from the horse. Blind, you know. Basically, well. Who are you? Why are you persecuting me, Paul? Who are you? I'm Jesus. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, kind of a deal. Well, he, he, ex yeah, he yeah. experienced it. Oh, he experienced it. He went, uh, oh, he yeah, went from one extreme to the next. He, he was killing Christians. <laughs> and now here it is. He preaching the same word that he attempted to destroy. Well, yeah. he, he was so much, of a, so much of a persecutor that the first time he meets James and Peter and everybody, they kind of have to bring him in. With somebody, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, no. He's good now. He's on our side. Right, right, right. Sure was, now, sure and, was. And before before we run out too much time, I didn't want to come back, and I want to tie two threads that both you guys, Paul and Steve, put together. You talked about when does a rule become too become uh, become legal too legalistic? Yeah, you know, and then you wanted to talk about freedom, mm. and I think those two go together. Completely. Oh, absolutely. You, yeah. you don't have one without the other in this story, <clears throat> or in our story as Christian or as Christians. That that there is a there is a line in the sand as Christians that we cannot cross. And I, I think we saw it here because if you look at the lines, mm -hmm. where were the lines drawn? Okay, you couldn't eat meat sacrificed to idols, you couldn't eat strangled, and you had to stay away from blood. 
Those were all Jewish dietary. What well, they were they were That's they were correct. connected to idolatry. Correct. So That's especially correct. the sacrificial part. I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that they could not eat. Con- Right, couldn't eat a fish. They could not eat a, uh, or I could not eat a, a a lobster because that was that was right. a drug. They couldn't eat a lobster or a crab, but but, but that, that, that they couldn't take one one sacrifice. Was put in place so that Steve, if mm-hmm. you were a Jewish believer mm-hmm. who wouldn't do that, that wouldn't forbid me as a Christian from coming and you and I sharing a meal together. Mm-hmm. That's what that mm-hmm. was all. That was all about mm-hmm. maintaining mm-hmm. the fellowship. Mm-hmm. Fornication, sexual immorality, once again, that was actually more tied to idol worship than anything That's else as correct. well. Exactly. All four But yeah. that was actually, if you look at what made the, there were two things that made the Christians stand out in the ancient Near East. Number one, there is one God, Jesus is, is his name, and he saves, and it is salvation by grace. God saves us. Our God came and died, rose back from the dead. He's not here to punish us. He saves us by faith. And we are expected to live our lives in such a way. And those were the two things that made Christianity so radical compared to every other religion at that time. Mm-hmm. And the second one ties into that. It's, it's the one thing that, hey, you need to mm-hmm. keep yourself pure because that's going to make you stand out. Mm-hmm. And I think the first one goes into that. Now, take that into y'all's two arguments about when does the law become a law. And we are sure to land... Baptist Church, um, and now I, I will stand here to tell you we are Texas Baptist. Yeah, yeah, but not those. But but we are we are very much a moderate Baptist church. And let me let me give it the okay. So I grew up in the east side of Houston in Glen Park. I dated a girl who's Baptist. That's how I became Baptist. Well, it's a long story mm-hmm. that we could have at some point. I was a believer, but not a Baptist. <laughs> but do you know? The first time she ever danced, one dance, my prom, not hers. Because Baptists don't dance. Hmm. Ever. Hmm. Uh, I went to a camp as a youth leader. Legalism. When I was in college, and we get there. Okay, so swimming pool hours. Boys swimming pool from 8 to 10. (laughs) Girls swimming pool from 10 to 12. What? (laughs) No mixed bathing. Huh? <laughs> but that's true. But no. But just just had illustrations of how you could take, you know, little things and make it. And has leaders. There's a leadership tie. And so you know, and when you do mm-hmm. these little things, you you're doing holy, mm-hmm. righteous laws. Right. right. That's the way that we're treated. That's right. what's important to distinguish it between what's legalism versus what are right. rules. I'm sorry. You're no, no, no. That, that, no, no. That's a good point. Because, because my point is, as a leader, you have to be careful of the rules and things you set in place that your people follow. Because otherwise, you end up like a company called Wells Fargo, who puts in place you have to set up X, X number of accounts to maintain your deal. So what happens? Oh, Steve, you came in and signed up for a checking account today. You also get a savings account and a credit card. And here's an equity home loan. And here's, oh, there's my five for the day. <laughs> yeah. But you have to be careful as you set your parameters and your laws up that you're not going to encourage bad behavior. As Christians, where we have to be careful is that we don't set our legalism up to the point that it actually turns people off yeah. to Christianity. Mm. Because we are, we are excellent at that. 
There was um, one of the books that Pastor Creech recommended that I read, Unchristian, and it was a study, Gallup study, from the Barna Group that actually was done on Christianity. And it talked, it, they interviewed this single mother, and she goes, I wish people would come to me and talk to me about how hard it is for me to be raising my teenage son rather than look at me because I have a teenage son without a dad mm-hmm. in the house. And that's the kind of stuff we have to be very, very cautious of. Well, yeah, most Christian, especially when you don't know mm-hmm. what the circumstances behind that. Right. I mean, look at Kerry Cooley, you know, that comes into our class every now and then. He's been raising those girls for <laughs> how many years now? His wife passed away mm-hmm. suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was left with two young girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. And the man's stepping up and has been an amazing father to oh, those yeah. girls. Oh, yeah. You know, as well, I'm sure right. this lady was to right. her, right. her son. But it, you but know, it's really no idea get, the but, but you have to be in. in Texas Baptist circles, as Steve said, <laughs> boy, you can really get into some, you can get into some knock down, drag out, all the way around stuff as you go through and end up, you know, we, we end up being judged by the world because we're judged as hypocrites. And yeah, we are. Robert, and it's hard. I mean, it really, yeah. I mean, what... The, the reason this appeals not only, not only to the Pharisaic... Jews and Christians of the first century, but to Baptists of the 21st, and to non-secular groups, the Wells Fargo. Rules are easy because I don't have to think about it. Something tells me yes, what's right. good and bad. I don't have to, I don't have to go I, any I further. Don't, I don't have, I don't free don't have will. to Yes. I don't have free will. I, I don't have to engage. It lets me take free will and, away. And, 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 and well, go ahead. I, then I'll take this right. back because you, you gave me a segue into what I wanted to do. You know, also when you're doing, you know, you're talking a lot of laws and, and rules and everything else, it comes down, you know, especially these days, and of course I can't tell you what they did back then, is somebody watching me? Can I break that law? How many yep. times have you run a red light this week? How many have you run at Derry Ashford and we're, Highway 90 where there's the a camera? <laughs> How many times are you going to run that? Once. And you're going to get a ticket. And then you're never going to do it again because you know at that intersection, someone is always watching. But at the one next in line, are you more apt to speed up or slow down when it turns yellow? Because you know you can get through. There's no camera there. Nobody's really watching unless that cop's right there. And you just hope he's not there. You know, so it comes down to a lot of that. The same thing with the Wells Fargo. Nobody's watching till they are. Now they know we can't do that anymore. There's a camera on me. You know, and so you know, it's it's interesting to think of how they figured out what we're supposed to really follow and what we can't. The dancing for the Baptist thing. That was some Baptist, the white man can't dance thing. That back in the days, you know. I suck at this. You can't dance anymore. And some guy just, and because he's high up in the thing, everybody took it for gold. It was a pastor. It was a pastor, yeah. and everybody took it for gold. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, some pastor somewhere I mean, say something. Coming, coming from a denomination that really has problems with a papacy. <laughs> well, the pastor said it. It must be true. <laughs> I, 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 I shared this in class Sunday. I hope it's appropriate. But, uh, I was in the church in the choir, and I was in the, in the praise team as well. And I, 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 when I filed for divorce, I was told that I no, could, no, could no longer be with the praise team 
or play with the uh, wow. musicians. Wow. Wow. Um, because I filed. Now, had my ex filed, this was it would have been okay. Wow. Now, at this time, Grant, the pastor was divorced. <laughs> the head of the deacon board was divorced. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, let me <laughs> I guess more or less what I'm getting at is, is make sure you don't apply the rules incorrectly, right? Which is what we're all talking yes. about. Right. Or, or know the heart of the person, the individual. Wow. And I said, if you choose to do that, that's fine, because I love the Lord with all my heart. I have since I gave my life to Him. I may have not been the greatest person and when I filed for divorce, maybe it was partly my fault, maybe it's all my fault. Sometimes you don't know, but you're seeking the Lord. But the point is, is that I was not given an opportunity to proceed further with the, the praise team wow, or, the, uh, or the choir that's or the uh, music. Yeah. What well, makes that deep when you know the position of the other? Yeah, yeah. You notice I was just kind of grimacing until we went there. Right, right, right. And it was not. A hard and fast rule was, our rule is that if you are divorced, you cannot do this. It was, you can't, you can't file, but right. it's okay, That's it's okay if it was done to me. Right, and my point, my point on Sunday was that if he had been a bigger jerk, and a cheat, and a liar, and beat his wife, and drove her down to the courthouse to file on him, that would have been fine. Yes. He could have stayed yes. on the yes. in front of the entire church, just being all of that and the worst man you could have been. But because of the fact that he decided, it was bad. This, it was the wrong way. This lesson, totally amazing. This You're lesson uh, is 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 in a lot of our churches. This this oh, legalism. Yeah. This, oh, this, yeah. this is this is oh, yeah. that's prime example. This is uh, and, and, and that's where the legalism. Talking about oh yeah. This is uh, but now, you know the best. This is one of those. You I wouldn't be here. If that hasn't happened, well, then that's, a, that's the definitely our benefit. Yes, yeah. yes. The, the man up class has been absolutely phenomenal for me, mm -hmm. and kept me going and giving me uh, just just a great light of yep. my life mm -hmm. to be with you guys and to be in the class. And uh, so I can see the Lord's hand in it because He can. We know that all things work together. Right. For yeah. Them love oh yeah. God and and if you look back on your entire life, it's that same thing. Of, yes. You know, had I done this. You know, my life would be so different. But then you think about everything that's in your life yeah. now that none of it will probably what exist. What happened in your life was supposed to happen. Exactly. God, God, yeah. God wrote the story. Absolutely. Right? And, it's and it goes it's amazing. And, and, yeah. Kind of to wrap up, and I do want to get back to the to to the liberty part of this. And um, verse ten, uh, Acts fifteen, verse ten. Peter is speaking, um, and he kind of. One of his, one of his arguments, uh, therefore, he's addressing the Pharisees, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? What, what are you doing here? We were, and, and, and basically he's saying, we are, we are liberated from this. Now, I, and I want to, this, I had this thought in the car coming over, this is amazing, this is what this podcast does, stuff I would not think about on Sunday comes mm -hmm. to mind after. Um, but a story, perhaps even older than the Acts of the Apostles, the scripture itself, is the myth of Sisyphus, which I'm sure Paul was acquainted with, being oh, yeah. a worldly guy, and certainly many of the Gentile scripts. The Greek myth of the of the of the person Sisyphus who is 
did something bad, sinful, and was sentenced by the Greek gods to, for eternity to roll a huge boulder up the hill, only at dusk to have it roll down right again. And then he had to push it back up. And then he had to push it back yeah. up. And, and, and I bring this up because, and, it, and it's, it has, one of this myth has survived because it still speaks to the human condition a bit. And, you know, we joke about it. Oh, my days feels like, I feel like Sisyphus. Um, and certainly, certainly we, we can, Paul's contemporaries probably understood this as well and, and, and why the story had, had some resonance. Um, but that's kind of what this is. Um, they're, they're treating this um, uh, law as this stone, this boulder that has to be pushed up the hill. Now, to contrast this with some of the things I was bringing up before the podcast of secular world, back in high school, high school even, we read Albert Camus, existentialist, French existential writer, wrote, a, wrote an essay about that particular yeah. myth. And it has it, it is in, have been enormously influential, not only philosophically, but the, the idea behind this, it's called The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus, is that this, folks, is what life is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and, he's, and in the essay contemplates, what is Sisyphus thinking about on the way down? You know, he's grunted all day, sweated, perspired, bled, and this all has to, has to think about doing this all again the next day. And, and, and Sisyphus thinks, well, the reason Sisyphus becomes a hero and finds meaning is that he comes to an acceptance that this is what life is all about. Mm-hmm. I might as well be happy because it's not going to well. get any better than this. And, and he says, the, it ends, the essay ends with, well, must envision, we must imagine Sisyphus is happy. And this, now, now Camus was a philosopher, but this I think is what the secular world and a lot of people sell to us. That life is a pain in the ass. And the only enjoyment you're going to find out is what you make for it in between it being a pain in the ass. So go out and have sex, go out and buy things, go out and do this. What this liberation from the law gives us, this boulder, which, yeah. though, which the Jews had their own version, is that we have a God, a Jesus, who basically not only has rolled that boulder up the hill for us. Oh, he got it has, on the other side. He's got it. He threw yeah. it into the sea. Yeah. He threw it into the sea. Now, but what, what we're also getting here is that he's got a boat off the island. And he's saying, come on, I got a better life for you. You can stay here, sit on the island, do nothing, and claim yourself, oh, I don't have to roll the boat. That's great. And, and there are people who, yeah. you know, sometimes that adds to it and they don't get happy. I mean, the, the other part of the story is part, that part of the liberation is that we, you know, we're, we're being offered an opportunity for a, a, a life that God has prepared for us. You know, we, we can get yeah. back to this. Get in the boat. Follow me. I've got something better than all of this than you can ever imagine for you. And, that, and, and not to say you're subject to the things in life, but that I think it, it's taken me a lifetime to get to the point where I understand this is what Christians have. Yep. This is what I'm trying for, and that the best Christians I met have gotten in the boat, and no matter what the heck happens, it's not about worrying what to do while you're walking back down the mountain to push the next boulder up. And so, and, and that's where the liber- that's my that's that's what we have here in this story: this liberation from the yoke of you know this the the yoke of 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 
of a, an oppressive law, an oppressive code, which Paul, in plenty of other scriptures, says really has been fulfilled and the prophets had written, and, and, and you might be, I actually know it, but what, I think it's Isaiah who prophesied, O Israel, your, your period of hard service is over. Yep. Uh, and it, 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 and but there it is. There it, here well, it is. <laughs> well, and, and I'll compare that. And conversation for a whole other day mm -hmm. is looking at life from Victor Frankel's perspective <laughs> of man's search for meaning, ah. going to a different perspective that the meaning is only found within mm -hmm. or with faith, mm -hmm. and taking that from a different mm -hmm. perspective. Comparing that, because that does put the, that's the flip side. Yes. Is, yes. Is, is, Simply is, put, it's like looking at the glass saying it's half full or half, half empty, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's 100% yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really our attitude, it's our faith in God, and believing that we have the freedom to do whatever we want to in Christ versus having to follow the rules that are man-made in yep. the church or wherever we go, right? That's it. Yep. That's one thing. What, what, what a lesson. I know, yeah. Guys, it, it's been great. Uh, Bill, if you're listening, I hope we did you proud. Uh, um, guys, uh, please, uh, we'll be, Bill, Bill, you're out there in our prayers. As Bill likes to say, uh, if you are uh, looking for a Bible-based church, please go find one. We're here in Sugarland. If you're in the Sugarland or Houston area, stop by. Or we, we, I invite you. We all invite you to come by on Sunday or come by on Wednesday nights at 7 when we do this podcast. You can come by live here at the church building. Uh, or you can, as Earl likes to do when he's not here, be in the choir. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly, uh, uh, we, we pray for you out there. We hope you're praying for us. Uh, again, uh, we're not pastors. We're just a bunch of guys uh, looking through Scripture and hoping to strengthen our faith and make us better men. Uh, so until next week, um, may, uh, may God bless you and uh, good night. Amen. Good night. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.